0: Welcome to Green City, a podcast focused on sustainability. I'm your host, Lene Marty Henson. We invite you to listen in on our conversations for positive change. It is my hope that we can all come away with something that resonates within our own lives and inspires us to action within our own communities. Let's start where we are and find ways to work together to create more connected, more vibrant, and indeed, more sustainable communities. Join us each week as we learn from each other. Ben Ulrich is joining us this morning to share another young adult's perspective on the environment and the challenges we currently face, along with possible solutions that give us hope. Ben is also a senior at Valley High School, as was last week's guest, Emma and next week's guests. So we're doing kind of a trio of um, important voices here in this conversation. Ben is a senior at Valley and will be attending University of Iowa in the fall, focusing on journalism and English, specifically creative writing. So we're thrilled that you could join us this morning, Ben. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So as always, we like to begin with allowing you time to share a few highlights from your journey to this point. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I was born here in Des Moines, and I uh, grew up in Iowa my whole life. I went to, I live in West Des Moines, so I've been going through uh, the West Des Moines Community School District my whole life. I've gone to Valley these past four years, and My big focus with like kind of how how I got into environmental justice, environmental um, sustainability and stuff is when I was younger, I had a really strong relationship with animals because my grandma and my great aunt and my mom really just kind of pushed me in that direction towards loving animals and always being surrounded by nature and kind of respecting nature and that aspect. Um, When I was younger, I spent a lot of time in Sanibel Island in Florida, which is where my grandma and grandpa uh, live. And so that also really strengthened my relationship with the environment because I saw these really beautiful places that were focused heavily on preservation and uh, keeping the birds and like the natural wildlife safe. And also how like uh, the damage that a lot of big corporations and people that don't necessarily care about the environment and how that impacts them. Uh, because like red tide is a very big problem down in Sanibel Island where my grandparents live. And so when I was younger, whenever I'd go to, like to the beach I'd see all these dead fish and birds and animals hmm. sick with the red tide. And so that really uh, pushed me in the direction of wanting to understand like, why is this happening? And kind of what I can do about that. And I'd say um, a pretty big moment in my journey towards getting more interested in sustainability and environmental justice was when I was in seventh grade, I watched the documentary blackfish, which is about uh sea world and like the orcas kept in captivity there. And it really pushed me in the direction of being like, okay, questioning, like, how are animals treating, treated in uh, our society? How are, uh, How is our environment being treated? Like what are all the impacts off of this? And so that really pushed me in the direction of learning more, researching more, and then that following year when I was in eighth grade I decided to stop eating meat and animal products uh, because of uh, the impact that it has on the environment and also the impact that it has on animals. And so um, ever since then I've just been kind of really interested in this environmental justice, animal rights focus of the world. And so that kind of jump started a little bit when I was in ninth grade, I joined the Iowa Climate Strike Organization, which was a part of the bigger branch of organizations all across the country that planned the uh, students' climate strikes, uh, which was like famously um, began uh, based off of Greta Thunberg and her activism in Europe. And so I joined that organization and I was the outreach and partnerships director for about three years, um, up until recently, uh, which is a busy schedule for senior year. I decided Mm -hmm. that to put put my time in other places. And so being a part of that organization really gave me a lot of opportunities to learn more about the different nuances within sustainability and environmental justice, and also like kind of the organizing aspect of it. And yeah, ever since then, when I was a sophomore, I, uh. Joined the Eco Club at my school with a couple of my friends, and we were kind of the three main people that would attend. And so we became the presidents that next year. And so junior year, and then this year, we—I've been the president of my school's Eco Club and doing activism with that. And then also another thing that kind of ties into my uh, activism and uh, interest in sustainability is also my interest in journalism, which I started when I was a sophomore. I joined my school's newspaper and took a couple of journalism classes. And um, I stayed in it through sophomore year, junior year, and then now this year, I'm the editor in chief of my school newspaper. And so with that, I've been writing a lot about different uh, activisms and stuff that's been happening within the sustainability and environmental justice world, such as like indigenous activism in the Amazon and uh, how we can see the different kind of fronts of environmental justice and where they take place across the world. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that, that I'm sure y- you are so aware of that, you know, it in, g- equity and environmental justice is, is a huge deal because when we talk about climate change, the, those that will be most affected are often those who can least absorb it or are, are not in a position to be as resilient as some of us. And that that's where it, it's very important, you know, your focus and what you're interested in, in working in. So, thank you for that passion. Yeah. So, tell us, tell us more about um, how this all intersects in your next phase in college, and by putting, you know, journalism and English and creative writing. Where does the creative writing aspect come in into all of this in being passionate for
1: environmental justice? So, yeah, I would say, really, with my creative writing, that's been something that I've been kind of working on this past year. Um, and it was never really something that I shared. It was more like a private thing that I kept myself. But then actually, this uh, semester, which started in January, I took decided to take a, an advanced creative writing class with one of the teachers of the Valley that I really loved. And... Uh, That has really like pushed me to realize okay well my writing can also be journalistic and that has a different audience and that can really uh, do some work but then also another really powerful medium to share feelings and uh, create meaning is creative writing and uh, the medium that I do that within is short stories and it's actually really interesting that kind of my uh, love for the environment my love for animals and then also my love for creative writing all stems back to the same place because uh, for the majority of my short stories and poems they're all uh, based upon Sanibel Island in Florida, where I did spend a lot of time growing up with my grandma and grandpa. And for me, that's really like the most place that I felt connected with nature, just because uh, when you're there, the majority of the island is like uh, preserves and uh, like this really heavily forested areas. They have different like paths you can walk through with like for alligators. And it's just very, um, you feel really connected to the environment, not only like the ocean and like the birds, but then also like the wetlands, and just like uh, which are like such important parts of our environment. And so, as I've been realizing, okay, next year I uh, am going to be doing journalism and I've been writing articles about the environment for my school newspaper and for uh, a couple different organizations' blogs that I've been a part of, I've realized that uh, that is one way that I can really just be like, hey, uh, read this while you're reading mm-hmm. stuff about sports or like random stuff at school. And so, Next year, I really want to focus on exploring the different ways that I can talk about environmental justice in a ways that is digestible and interesting to people, Mm because I think it is a really hard thing to talk about. It's a really hard thing to know. I know that when I started first learning about it, it's a very, like, it's a dark thing to learn about just because uh, the state of the environment and this way that we're treating it and also like the way that we're treating the animals and the people that live in these environments is really sad and it's often something that people just would rather pretend isn't happening than actually face it and so I think kind of my goal when I go to college is to kind of really focus on the ways that I can share uh, what's happening to the environment and share how we can make a difference through my journalism and articles and then also like short stories and poems for different people uh, whether they like to read whatever type of whatever
0: yeah And that's so important because again, as you know, the facts are all right there and we, and it's the will of the people or our leaders to, or the corporations or whatever to make the steps that the big changes will happen that are really required. And we have the facts, but having the ability to share in a new way, I think that's, Fantastic. So good for you. So we may have to link up some of, we may have to give you a little area on my website so that you can share some of your writings. So you can continue to inspire us while you're, while you're in college next year. So we'll talk about that. Okay. So if, what would be your dream job after you graduate? What do what do you think you would love to do once you've spent those four years in high concentration working in this area
1: so I guess like my dream ever since seventh grade is when I really knew I was in seventh grade and I was like I'm going to be the editor-in-chief of my school newspaper and now that's 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 happened I'm like okay like I want to be a journalist I know that I want to cover I used to want to cover politics and I think I'm kind of moving away from that but I definitely want to cover like Uh, the environment, but also uh, cover the people that are working hard to defend the environment and the people really kind of at the front lines of that. So I definitely want to pursue journalism in that manner and cover environmental science and uh, all the different nuances within environmental justice movement. But also now that I've been getting more into creative writing and more uh, open to sharing that with people, I definitely want to keep that As an option open and maybe just be like continue writing short stories continue writing uh, poems and stuff because I definitely would like to continue writing about the environment in that way but I think after college I do plan to move uh, somewhere on the east coast and go to grad school that's probably my next step as of right now but definitely covering um, environmental science and uh, kind of like the people aspect of it in journalism, and then also continuing to pursue writing in whatever manner that may be is definitely yeah. what I college. That's
0: great. Well, and with the writer's workshop right there at the University of Iowa, will you be able to connect in with that as well?
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the main reasons why I chose Iowa because it's just the perfect school for everything I wanna do. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pursue journalism. Iowa has an amazing journalism program and an amazing uh, student-led newspaper. I want to pursue creative writing. They obviously have, like, the world-renowned Writers Workshop. And then also another thing that I'm uh, keeping in the back of my mind, if uh, journalism or creative writing doesn't work out, is I'm going to be on the pre-law track at Iowa. And Iowa also has a pretty good law school as well. And so those three different, like, career paths definitely have, like, uh, I want to pursue something with the environment and pursue something with Uh, justice and like kind of advocating for that, whether it be as a writer, journalist, or a lawyer.
0: Yeah, very good. Very good. So what do you see as our most pressing environmental challenge currently?
1: So I think, at least from like my perspective, one of the most pressing issues that we're facing is the way that uh, people tend to think, okay, well, Maybe people are starting to become more accepting of climate change, but they're like the impacts aren't gonna. It's not impacting me. The impacts aren't already happening. Um, it's gonna be in the future. And so I think one of the like most concerning things with me to me from uh, of that mindset is the way that people are blatantly ignoring that there are people right now all around the world that are being impacted by climate change. And a lot of the times, the people that are impacted by climate change are. Uh, the people that are at the front line front lines are indigenous people, poor people, and uh, uh, the countries that are not as economically developed or um, are uh, exploited by these big uh, Western countries. And so, I think to me, that's the most concerning thing right now is that there are people being impacted by climate change, and we're just not listening to those people. And so, I think. Um, one of the things that I think we need to work on as a, a total movement is to listen to the indigenous people, listen to the people of color, listen to the um, uh, lower uh, social socioeconomic status individuals who are being impacted by climate change and say, OK, what do we what do you want us to do? How can we support you as we navigate this new kind of world where uh, climate change is having a detrimental impact on people? And so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was struck recently. It, it, it's like things we've known for decades, truly, are now coming up and people are like, oh, I didn't realize that. And I like, <laughs> like they've been showing maps of what's going to happen with sea level rise to places like Florida and Manhattan. And and I'm like, yeah, Al Gore was showing us that a long time ago. <laughs> it's not new. You know, it's the same say maps so uh, yeah again your ability to communicate that to people and the urgency that is right here right now is is very important so so that's really good so what avenues of of solutions to climate change do you find the most promising when you in all your studies and research and learning
1: so i think um, one of the main things in my time as like an organizer for Iowa Climate Strike and uh, like researching environmental justice and everything, I think is just somehow to, to get uh, the like politicians and the people in charge of these companies to start listening to um, the people on the front lines, the activists, uh, the indigenous people, because I think uh, one thing that we kind of take for granted. When we're in like the environmental justice movement and kind of when we talk about it, is that um, indigenous people have been caring, especially uh, indigenous people to Native America, uh, United States and America, have been taking care of the earth for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and they, a lot of the time they know exactly what to do. They know. Um, uh, like how to care for the earth and how to maintain it. And so I think one of the ways that we're kind of seeing that now is kind of the past couple of years when California, Colorado, Oregon have have been having these like intense wildfires and they've uh firefighters and uh government officials in those areas have started to do like uh planned burnings of the places because that's like we used to stop them and it kind of upset the balance of nature and that's actually something that like Indigenous people in those areas have done for thousands of years. And so I think one of the main things that we can do is just to start listening to the people who are uh, dealing with the impacts of climate change and to say, okay, what, um, what ways can we help? How should we move forward with this? And then also just it's hard to think because it's such a, like an individual scale, individual impact, like what can you do? And I just think, honestly, just educating yourself and diversifying the places where you're getting information is honestly one of the best ways that you can educate yourself more on environmental justice. Like don't go to the top five uh, media sources in the country and be like, okay, like this is where I'm going to get all my information. Try and like find it, listen to podcasts, listen to um, different websites, listen to things that are written and led and spoken by people who are facing climate change right now. Because I think like, I live in Des Moines, Iowa, like it's like a landlocked, like super, like, you know, it's like, we're not gonna face the immediate impacts of climate change right away. And so I think that the best thing that I can do, and one of the best things that's expanded my knowledge on the issue is just listening to my peers who have been all around the country who are uh, planning climate strikes, doing all this stuff, and how, seeing how I can support them, and how I can take their work, and kind of uh, start it right here in Iowa as well, and so I think, um, yeah, honestly, just diversifying, like, the narrative of climate change, because I think right now, we just have, like, this big, like, mainstream idea, okay, like, the world's getting a little bit warmer, no, let's, like, break it down a little bit, and let's see, actually, how people are being impacted, and honestly, I think that's, it's obviously a little bit more difficult than said than done, because I think uh, people have become so disconnected from reality, especially in these past couple of years with everything that's been going on all around the world. And even now, like uh, the media has been super, um, super involved with uh, traumatizing and, uh, the, and sensationalizing violence and just all these things that have happened. And so I think people become really disconnected to the things that are happening right in front of their eyes. And so I think uh, one of the ways that we can, we just have to be very careful with the ways that we present this information and say, okay, so this is actually happening right now because we don't wanna sensationalize it. We don't wanna make money off of people that are being impacted by climate change. So I think just trying to open yourself up to new knowledge and uh, open yourself up to listening to people of color, indigenous people and uh, poor people as they share their experiences as they face climate change.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I have a good friend, Beth Giro, who lives out in Tacoma, Washington in the sustainability arena. And they have a large indigenous community out there, and they they are they have a seat at the table because they bring so much to the conversation and the path for solutions. And so I, I totally agree that, that that's very much needed. So so where do you um, Where do you find hope in all of the, as you say, there's a lot going on right now and some of it can be oppressive. And that's something that is tricky because when you talk about a subject like climate change or environmental justice, people can just shut down and say, I I can't go there. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, Don't Look Up, but it was so terrifyingly spot on that I, I found it difficult to watch, even though I was chuckling at points through it. But but you know, we are, where people get distracted, people don't wanna hear it, people don't wanna engage. And, and so where do you find hope in all of this?
1: Yeah, so that's actually been something that's been like a main focus of mine over, I'd say like the last year and a half or so, because obviously being involved with environmental justice is a very draining thing to be a part of. And I uh, started activism and organizing when I was a freshman in high school. And so I think just even amongst my peers, like it felt very demeaning that I was like one of the only people that cared. And so I think that after like three years of that, it really broke down on me, like, oh my gosh, like, is anything ever going to change? And the first place that I've been finding hope recently is about is Last year beginning of January my grandma asked me if uh, she wanted if I wanted to join this book club with her which is a part of this, uh, the Sanibel and Captiva, uh, conservation fund, they Mm -hmm. had a monthly book club. And so my grandma was like, Hey, like, do you want to join it with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll join it. And I was the only person under 60 there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was honestly really inspiring because I think at least in my experience, a lot of the conversations that I've been having about climate change, uh, conservation, all those things had been primarily with people, my own age, or with people that are like within like a 10 year, um, 10 years above me. And so it was really inspiring for me to sit down and have this, not sit down, I was over Zoom, but have this uh, conversation with uh, like 10 to 20 other people about um, their perspective on conservation and climate change and just having these really difficult conversations. Honestly, that uh, gave me a lot of hope because I was like, okay, maybe I'm not in this alone because there are these people who have like complete, there's just a huge generational gap from me. And I think just having that and like reading those books was just really like inspiring. So I was like, okay, like maybe we can um, affect impact change. Uh, and so that was honestly really inspiring. And the second place was last, no, uh, the year of 2020, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. I was, uh, like I said, I was a the outreach and partnerships director of um, Iowa Climate Strike. And we were gonna have this big climate strike on Earth Day at the Capitol in Des Moines, but obviously because of COVID, it, we just had to cancel it. And so that, at first that's like, okay, shoot, like we're just about, we're just getting traction. We're, like, we're having like 300 people, like hundreds of people come to our events and all of a sudden we have COVID and it's uh, like making us stay at home, locking us down. And um, so that was a really kind of depressing time I think for everyone, uh, but especially because I've been working so hard for this event and it kind of just fell to nothing. But one thing that was really cool was that in partnership with a couple other people, I planned a panel that took place on Earth Day with uh, everyone, uh, every member of, not every member, every candidate running for Iowa Senate and Mm. except for the Republican candidate, but every single Democratic uh, candidate was there. And that was really awesome for me because this was live stream on television. I helped plan it. I got all these people um, on there. I wrote the questions for it and it was really great. There was a guy from S- who used to be on SNL a couple like decades ago who actually was the MC for the event. Can't think of his name now, but it was just really cool to see like these political candidates were like accessible to me. Like I had the phone number of like five or six different people that were gonna represent my uh, district in Washington, DC. And so that was insane because I was 15 at the time and I was like, this is really cool to see that even though like we have COVID making us stay at home and Uh, I'm 15 and like, no one's listening to me. And I (laughs) argue with my parents and grandparents over this, but it was just really cool to see that um, the politicians, uh, whether they are actually going to follow through with this is a different question, but it was really cool to see that they were having a conversation with me about environmental justice, justice. And I made sure to ask them these uh, questions about um, how are you going to involve indigenous people? How are we going to, um, how are we going to really look at the front lines? Because I think that's just one thing that's often ignored when we talk about these was that was honestly just a place where I find hope. And then honestly, just, yeah. Yeah. Very
0: good. So in just the last few seconds, final words of wisdom, what would you say to our listeners to, to keep them engaged?
1: Honestly, I just think that the most important thing that I've done, and I've kind of mentioned a couple of times is just uh, look at where you're getting your information and honestly, just try and read the most amount of perspectives you can, read perspectives from people, of different ethnicities, different races, different sexual orientations, different like, just honestly, just read uh, literature from and like news from every, anywhere you can get it. Because honestly, that's the most important thing that we can do right now is just uh, diversifying where we're getting our information. But yeah,
0: that's really good. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for, for sharing your insight and your your very important perspective. We're, we're so grateful and, and keep that passion. You're going to do good things. So thank you. And to our listeners, remember to check out yourgreenportal.com for the thank podcast. Thank you so
1: much. I, I had a really good time.
0: Sure. Um, Check out yourgreenportal.com and tune in next week as we talk to our third and final Valley student with these great perspectives. Until then, stay healthy, stay engaged, and thanks for listening. That's all for this edition of Green City. I'm Lene Marty Henson, and I hope you continue to listen in on these conversations focused on the broad realm of sustainability. I truly believe that we go further faster when we come together to have real dialogue, inspiring us toward practical solutions. Let's continue to learn from each other how best to nurture this precious planet we call home. Thanks for listening. We are truly
1: grateful.